Two Dynamite Dudes. Degenerate Brother Marcus returns and joins me in giving his thoughts on all the aftermath of AEW All Out, including Brian Danielson being put right in the AEW world title picture against one Kenny Omega. Plus, we talk CM Punk going up against the Surly Team Taz, Brian Pillman Jr. laying it all down on the line against MJF in honor of his Aunt Linda, Adam Cole goes dirtbag boyfriend on Tony Schiavone, Ruby Soho has quite the week on not only Dynamite but Rampage as well, Kevin Owens' contract situation and potential in AEW. Hmm, interesting. Eddie Kingston and Miro continue their blood feud. Speaking of blood, John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki get bloody black and bruised. Plus, we talk that and so much more this week on 2 2 Who? Oh, 2 Dynamite Dudes All the Rampage. It's WKR Punk in Cincinnati. No, it's two dynamite dudes on a rampage. Episode 66, number Mario Lemieux, baby. And I'm here with my degenerate brother, none other than Marcus D'Angelo. Marcus, how are you? Welcome back to your show. It's been quite a while, has it not? It has been a while. I'm glad that you acknowledge it's my show, Dominic. It makes sense. You know, I'm kind of the main event here. Uh, <laughs> no, it's, I mean, busy, 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 busy boy over here. Uh, but uh, life's been degenerate, good. Degenerate, coward. Um, that's you know, what I, I would. I don't, those I don't are the know. I'd probably use before. Uh, busy, honestly. I, I don't know that that's that's fair, Dominic. Uh, Maybe shameful. Possibly. Uh, <laughs> no, it, everything's been good, man. I've just been really busy. Uh, got got new job situation going on, and and life has been good, man. It's been a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, let's uh, let's jump into AEW Dynamite, Dominic, and. Uh, well, first, talk. Oh, yes. First, let's get a little bit. So you have not been on since probably the biggest wrestling show in years has occurred. Uh, AEW All Out. Um, did you want to give some initial thoughts to that before you, we continue? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's I did not purchase the pay-per-view. Unfortunately, uh, I just flown back to Pittsburgh at that point and uh, I was working. So. Uh, no, I didn't get to watch the pay-per-view, but of course I heard about everything that happened, got to see some highlights and man, let me tell you, it was, uh, that is something else. I mean, my goodness, the, uh, the crowd reaction alone, let alone like the actual surprises themselves, just an unbelievable event, a landmark event in AEW history and in pro wrestling history, you know, like just, I mean, we were all expecting Daniel Bryan. I was not expecting Adam Cole that soon. I I was not expecting Ruby Soho. So, uh, man. Like just, just what a night! Can I? I'll say this too, and I probably said this on the Wednesday show, but I thought, okay, we were talking about like, okay, and me too. I said, hey, within with Brian Danielson, we got to be patient. Like the AEW can utilize Punk for this. Like I didn't really expect Cole or Brian to maybe even show up at All Out. I mean, well, but minus the report counting. 
but um ultimately like the way they handled that was great like adam cole teases as a baby face gets the pop then just turns heel and the night can be end on a negative still big news but then everybody gets goes home happy when daniel brian danielson comes out and kicks the shit out of everybody and so it doesn't take away from either debut that's what's great about it i completely agree and it's it's a nice little swerve too where it's like okay everybody knows brian uh danielson is coming out and then adam cole comes out and they're like holy shit that's a surprise but does this mean that we're not getting brian danielson and then, of course, the the finish is Brian Danielson. So, no, I mean, it went off without a hitch. Dominic, we gotta we gotta read some of these. Cena, uh, Miss Cena lover, of course. Nice to see you again, That's Nesha. Nesha Marcus. Yeah, no, I know, I know. Nice, nice to nice to have you join us here, Nesha. He's in Facebook. Balogun, what's up, man? Uh, you missed us. It has been a while. We missed you too, man. I miss yeah. being being on the show. Really appreciate all the uh, the support here. Um, oh, Nesha, Facebook jail. What did you do, uh, Dominic? Uh, let's. Do you want to jump into the event, or do you want to touch on all out a little bit more? Feels like old news at this point, right? Let's move Kinda, on. Let's, I'm, let's, I'm about the future, Dom. I know you are. Um, Jericho and MJF. Give me your thoughts on that, though. Uh, as far as all out, as far as yeah, the story played out, how it went, um, and just moving forward. Did you was it okay? How it how it all folded, unfolded, basically, is what I'm saying. Well, you know, it uh, they threw that stipulation in there. Um, for Jericho to retire if, if he didn't win. So it kind of, oh, super, super hey, unprofessional. Incredibly unprofessional. Um, but, but they threw that in there. And uh, so that was sort of, to me, a clue that uh, that Jericho was going to go over in the match. So, like, that's fine that Jericho is going to go over. But to me, there then there should be one more match without that stipulation where MJF ultimately gets the better of him in the end. Um, and it seems like they're not doing that. They've moved off the feud now. It uh, looks like MJF is moving on, uh, I guess, currently to, to Brian Pillman Jr., um, which is great, uh, which Why I love. What are you talking about there? That's for sure. Uh, I think it's great. I love I love Brian Pillman Jr. I think he's a great talent. I love I love MJF. I think he's a great talent. Um, but, you know, MJF, clearly, he's going to go over. He needs to uh, to get uh, a, a big win back. So uh, so that's, that's the, the clear direction they're moving in here. I agree with that. Like, uh, we'll talk about. I we'll go into Brian. Uh, we'll go into Brian Pillman Jr. in a little bit more detail uh, a little bit later on, I guess. But Mark, okay. So uh, obviously, you haven't been here in a few weeks. Uh, I think it just uh, makes sense for you to, uh, to for me to bestow upon you the hosting duties. So you take you take the reins. I just wanted to get a few of the the all out stuff out of the way since you have not been here since. So yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, so yeah, Dom. Uh, let's just jump right into uh, the Dynamite program here. Uh, what were your thoughts on what I think is uh, becoming one of the better feuds in professional wrestling? Let's talk about uh, the ongoing feud between the Nightmare Family and Malachi Black. Boy, I tell you what, I like it. I like it a lot. Like in Malachi Black, just kind of taking out one by one the Nightmare Family and um, the mind games. I really think is very cool uh, that he's been playing. So, you know, with Jody Lee, he, he presented him the chair to hit him the chair with, and then he doesn't let him hit him with the chair. So nobody knows what Lee Johnston was going to do. Was he going to corrupt Lee Johnston? Um, then obviously with Arn, I thought that told a great story. Arn and Brock, where he just destroys Brock. And then Arn, you know, manages to block a black mass, which you never see. The enforcer does that. And then, um, 
he gets uh, low blowed and taken out. And now uh, we have Dustin, uh, the latest, who puts up the biggest uh, competitive match against, uh, against Malachi Black out of anybody yet and um, goes back and forth with them. They tell the story of uh, Malachi working his leg and then uh, exposing the turnbuckle and then then nailing him with the black mass and not fully connecting, but nailing him nonetheless and getting the win. So, uh, and that not only that, but presenting his, uh, Cody's boot into the match to kind of get in the head of, of Dustin. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, they're really putting all cylinders behind Malachi, and that's the way they should be doing it. And you can tell he's relishing in this opportunity to kind of show what he can really, what he's really capable of as not just a in ring worker, but a performer that has uh, his own identity and creative out aspects that he can deliver to the product. So, yeah, I'm loving it, man. Yeah. Uh, Steven Chambers, Kevin Davis, what's up, guys? Thanks for joining us. Um, so I really like the fact that Malachi Black is by himself. I don't want Shoddy Lee Johnson to join forces with him. I don't want anybody to join forces. No, I agree. I agree. He needs, he needs to be this frightening solo entity at all yeah. times, much like the undertaker. Yes. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's stay the course there. As far as the match itself, uh, a couple chemistry issues here and there, but really the story was that uh, Malachi Black is coming up against a wily veteran who kind of gives him a run for his money. Um, it, like, and it makes sense. Like a, a veteran like Dustin Rhodes probably should give him initially a harder time than than his younger brother Cody Rhodes. Dustin's got way way more experience, so it may, he knows uh, some of the ins and outs of the ring, and he can take advantage of them and and take advantage of Black's mistakes mm -hmm. better. Um, so to me, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, yeah, I, I just like the feud. I think it's it's a cool idea where it's just basically like he took out Cody. We haven't seen him since. Um, and now he's just slowly picking apart the entire Nightmare family, which I just think is cool. And now Cody's going to come back on a white horse and uh, should get the win, in theory. Should he, though? I think so. I mean, I, I've seen the argument otherwise online, but, you know, here's the thing is uh, Cody Rhodes is the main baby face in the company, and this was kind of like the formula back in the day. Now, granted, the formula used to take a little bit longer. I'm talking about over the course of, you know, three or four months. But, uh, but you know, I, I still think that it would be fine for Cody to come in and beat him. And then, you know, maybe we can move off of this and get Cody involved in a feud with somebody like MJF. Let's, let's bring that back around. I don't know if I'd be ready for that. Um, I would kind of be all right with Cody winning, I think, at uh, Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe. But because um, th then you could have a rubber match. But then I'll, ultimately, I, th I really want Malachi, I think, to win the feud be honest like yeah i mean you know like i probably cody should win but maybe malachi kind of still manages to one-up him somehow i don't know i haven't really given it a, a ton of thought but it's i mean cody's got to win but malachi's got to remain strong that's really kind of the formula you know it, it reminds me a little bit and i know that malachi black is constantly compared to the undertaker but it kind of reminds me a little bit about the undertaker coming in he starts hot beats hulk hogan for the the title and then Hulk Hogan gets his revenge at like Tuesday at Texas or whatever the event was. Um, so like it didn't take long for Hogan to regain uh, his, you know, get his get his heat back, brother. But uh, or whatever the the statement is. But I, I think that you could kind of use that same formula. Uh, it didn't hurt the Undertaker ultimately, did it? No, it didn't. It didn't. Um, no, I agree. That's a fair point. Um, you know, I'm. Hey, I'm, uh, P Diddy. Sorry, P Diddy eighty makes a good point. Uh, yeah. What if what if they're both passed out and Cody lands on him? That's not bad. I like that. Not bad. I like that. 
like uh, Malachi kicks him or co- something. It should, it should also be like Cody's in peril, and yes. uh, maybe maybe there's a distraction situation, and Cody Cody takes advantage of it. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, what's uh, Nesha mean here? By you said you had to watch it today. Uh, well, me, I don't know. me, yeah, she meant. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. She's probably referring to. Um, she's referring to the uh, Andrade and Park match because I had to watch that today. Ah, I just watched that today as well. Yeah. Let's talk um, about it. Do you want to talk about it now or do we want to go through Dynamite first? Uh, you know, I don't I don't know that we need to like go match by match breakdown. Really, we should just be hitting the highlights of both programs. I know. I'm um, just trying to think what makes more sense uh from I, I guess the podcast. I mean I mean look, I don't have a ton of talking points when it comes to, to Pac and Andrade. Uh Okay, let's hit it then. Let's hit it. I got a couple. Yeah, we can bounce around a little bit. I mean when it comes to uh that match, not sure why it didn't go down. I guess there was a travel issue uh is for all out. But like, you know, we kinda saw what was always meant to happen. Andrade should go over. He's new to the company. We've barely seen him. Um and we need I mean he's he's got star potential. He's got star written all over him. So, uh, so yeah, it's they did the right thing. I'm glad to see Andrade get the win. Uh, not sure what happened there with Chavo at the end. Yeah. But what, like, what was it? Boy, I don't know, because he did a heelish thing, and uh, Andrade took exception to that heelish thing and took Chavo out, and then Chavo just got his ass kicked by everybody. Um, so it doesn't make any sense. Well, are we are we turning Andrade babyface already? That's what I'm kind of wondering. Are we going babyface with Andrade? Is he, he are we rerouting him, or does this open the door for another uh, mouthpiece for Andrade? And <laughs> make well, that make sense? Yeah, well, it looks like Stephen may have just hit the nail on the head. Dominic, what do you think? Let's see what Stephen says because I yes, that's what I was getting at too. Was does this open the door? So for the starts, with, starts with Vicky Guerrero. Moves on to Chavo Guerrero, and like in theory, he moves on to the goat. Uh, like, uh, let's say that that happens. Sure. Like, how many? Like, he's he's clearly got an issue with managers. <laughs> like, wh- what's going on? Uh, well, he won't have one with Flair because Flair's the goat, baby. You know what I mean? Like, are we just, are we just firing Chavo? Is Chavo out of a job? I think Chavo's no. Well, I think Chavo might switch to somebody different. I would, I would like just off the top of my head, somebody I'd like to see him like get paired up with. Would be like Diamante, or um, oh my gosh, she's another one that would be pretty darn cool. I'm trying to think of like heel heelish people that would be that would fit very well with him. Um, I don't know. Do you have any other ideas that would Chavo would kind of line up with? Uh, Thunder Rosa. Well, she's a I, baby face. I wouldn't. I wouldn't make him a. You know, from what he did, I wouldn't do that. Nah, yeah, and and, and she's a, she's a really good talker. Yeah. Um. So I don't, don't know. know. I yeah, don't know. maybe he could jump in with the Lucha Bros and their their manager guy. I really like Alex though. Alex, I like him too. Maybe they could join forces. I don't know. I think I think Chavo has a lot of. Uh, he does. I don't. I don't want to see him go away. I absolutely don't want to see him go away. I want to see him be a viable part of the product, no doubt. Um, let's see. Oh, oh, Marcus, you're getting what? a little rub in here. How about Robert's hometown, Tampa Bay Buccaneers? They beat Dallas. That's, that's not cool. That's not yeah, cool. I like- well, um, uh, Dominic P. Diddy is saying it wouldn't make sense because Flair is going to cheat. Also, Flair is going to cheat, but Flair can—he'll never be a heel anywhere he goes ever again. Because the dirtiest player in the game, baby. He's Ric Flair. So, uh, so yeah, that's—he's allowed to cheat and still be a baby face. So, yeah, that's that's kind of like where the uh, the catch is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
uh, Jason Michael Campbell, what if Charlotte goes to AEW after her contract is up with WWE? We'll probably throw a ton of money at her. I personally don't think AEW can afford her because uh, should be asking for way too much money. So maybe so, um, but I think that a factor is going to be quality of life. You know, maybe less travel days. Uh, she gets to be with her fiance, and all likelihood will get to be with her dad. Creative freedom, so, more creative freedom. Yes, exactly. Um, but you know, again, this is a problem that you and I talk about relatively often. Um, we are really, really filling up that roster. Okay. Um, so, it's, I mean, when's the last time you saw Joey Janela on TV? Well, uh, he's uh, he was on the dark tapings. Okay, uh, so like that's cool, and I guess that that's gonna be like a loophole where like these guys can all be on dark. But I mean, like wh when it comes to your money shows, is I don't know. Uh, like I am starting to sense a brand split situation, and I'm not crazy about that idea. No, I don't think that's gonna happen. I yeah, think what, it's what be, else are they gonna do? They're they're bumping into the same issue. It's gonna be certainly you're gonna have your stars that are gonna be fluid throughout each product but you're going to have your mainstays on certain shows specifically with the studio taping so like you're going to have you know the up-and-comers or the lower card guys working on those shows and some established talent too because um i don't know if you saw any of the news today marcus but it was first set of studio tapings in orlando florida at universal studios for did you see any of that i had heard about it um okay. so is it nxt or who is it Oh, oh no! It's it's uh it's it's, it's AW. AW. That's, That's right. Yeah. Dark, dark, and I think eventually Elevation is going to be Elevation was taped in Cincinnati, obviously this week. But I think Elevation's making that switch over too. So, but you had like established talent mixed in with uh lower card talent, and then you had some independent talent that are there making their first appearances. So, like recent release stars from WWE, Anthony Green and um. Stallion Rogers, I think he's going by, but he also he was known as Kurt Stallion before. Uh, they tagged up, uh, and then you had Ali Catch, formerly known as Ali Cat, uh, taking on Big Swole in singles action. Uh, and then that was the first set of tapings, and then later on they did a second set of tapings that I'm not aware of yet. I don't know any of the details behind those yet, because um, I was like I said, I was watching Rampage and uh, doing that kind of stuff and getting stuff set up for the show. So I didn't get to see what the second set of tapings are. But so, Marcus, you have those outlets that you can use, and that, that presents a different setting, a very different setting than what you see with a, a big, big live crowd too. Uh, so studio wrestling back, baby. But also, um, again, I think it's going to be, yeah, I don't think we're going to see a brand split. I just don't think that makes zero. That makes zero sense, especially when you consider, okay, Two hours, uh, you get with Dynamite. No, two. Yeah, two hours you get with Dynamite. One hour you get with Rampage. Let's say you get one hour each with Elevation and Dark. So that's what five hours total a week. Doesn't make sense to have a brand split. Yeah, I mean, I hope not. I don't want to see it. But like, you know, the the more talent you add, the more variables you add um, as far as like people shuffling. Um, so I don't know. It, like, I'm excited because it's it's. I mean, as a wrestling fan, we're we're being treated right now. You know, there's, there seems to be a new debut once a week or, or once a month at the very least. So like, it's it's been it's been really cool. Um, Dom Stephen Chambers has made a point here, and I want to talk about it real quick. Uh, he says, "I don't see Soho beating Baker. Uh, I believe we may see a Thunder Rosa heel turn. Uh, Chavo could manage her. So his idea being essentially that like maybe Soho would have uh, Brit in peril, and then uh, and then uh, Thunder Rosa would come out and and cause her to lose. Um, so 
on paper sounds like a good idea. I hope they don't do it. Um, and the reason is there's actually two reasons. One reason is because uh, on in theory, then Soho would then go into a feud with Thunder Rosa, and Soho has to come out as the winner in that feud because she's new. And I don't. I think Thunder Rosa is too valuable to have people going over her very often. I think that she needs to look like an unstoppable force. Um, so I don't like that. But then also I don't like it because. Uh, Thunder Rosa has like this blood feud with uh, with Britt Baker, and I don't want to see her doing anything to help Britt, Britt Baker win ever. So I I, I see his point. Um, I just hope that they don't take that route. I agree. Um, it might be a little bit of my bias with Thunder Rosa because we like her so much, but I also feel that um, like yeah, there's just a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to like what Thunder Rosa can present as a baby face, a top baby face. And along with Ruby Soho, and you kind of think about that too. You have Ty Conte, who's a good baby face. You have Anna Jay, who's good at baby face. But like, I think you really need some really good baby faces because you have some good heels brewing here with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter. Uh, you can really cultivate a heel. It's evident with uh, Red Velvet. Um, and you can uh, just kind of get more talent like that pushed in that direction. So, uh, you know, and plus you have Nyla Rose too. Um, so no, I, I see what he's getting at, but I kind of, yeah, I'm kind of with you too, Marcus. I don't feel, uh, Thunder Rosa would be, it would benefit Thunder Rosa, Britt Baker or, or anybody to have Thunder Rosa turn heel. Uh, but I'm not against Ruby Soho beating Britt Baker for the title, uh, this soon. I'm not because uh, Britt Baker's a heel. She's very tef Teflon right now. I know you're trying to establish her like as one of your top stars, but heck, the, her ability to get herself over is very evident. So if she loses to Ruby, she can get right back into the mix of not only just the title picture, but you can uh, get her mixed up with feuds with some of the younger talent and still get her over get that whole act over of hater and all that and uh, kind of get things moving in that regard. So I'm not against really Brit losing uh, to Soho in their first title matchup. I think it's too soon. Uh, I think Britt Baker's red hot and you gotta, you gotta ride that. Um, now what I would like to see happen possibly is rather than have Thunder Rosa come out and do some kind of an interference. What if you have the NWA women's champ come out and do it? Uh, Camille. Camille. Yeah. Um, and then, okay, now Ruby Soho is going after that NWA women's title. I, okay. I, I think it could be a fun way to go. Um, uh, Miss Cena lover, uh, Nesha, saying uh, the shout-outs are starting early. Thunder Rosa is a friend of the show. I've uh, been on the show before. Uh, really nice person. And uh, uh, that aside, though, incredible performer. Great wrestler. I've said it before. I'll say it again for anybody who hasn't been in this chat in the past. Um, I see Stone Cold level potential in Thunder Rosa, potential yeah. marketability. I truly do. I, I think that she could be the top baby face, not just in women's wrestling, but in wrestling. I think she's incredible. Yeah, and Jason here says it too. I'd rather see Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. I think that's what we're going to no play to. Um, but like, I don't think the title needs to be in that picture either. At this juncture. Yeah. So. I hope it is. So I want I want Britt Baker to have a nice long run, and I want to see Thunder Rosa slowly working her way back toward her, and then like let's have a first blood match because it it, I, ties, it ties in to what they're doing. I would like to see the thrill of the chase is what I like. I think Thunder Rosa would be perfect in that role as like the Dusty Rhodes thrill of the chase person, and you have 
uh, Ruby Soho with the title and going on another extended run, not to the length of a uh, Hikaru Shida, but kind of in that realm where it's like a lengthy run and she goes up against other talents and stuff like that. I think there's nothing wrong with that. And then um, eventually like she can maybe get like Brick gets her win back at some point. And then you have Thunder Rosa finally get her shot and uh, you know, unseat Brit. I think that's, there's nothing wrong with that too. Yeah. Um, it's a matter of, um, uh, Kate Hensler uh, from Fightful was on the show two weeks ago. She pretty much Wally pipped Marcus. So, uh, so where is she now, though, Dom? She's on Fightful, baby. That's <laughs> what we have for the guests. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I got to see some of what you guys did. I thought she was awesome. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to we'll have to welcome her back at some for point. Sure. But for sure, um, I think. But she makes the point too. Is like the women on on AEW are just a small segment, it seems still. And I think that's kind of an issue too, where it's like you want to get those uh, female talents over and stuff like that and uh, giving them a little extra time, whether that's uh, in segments like on the mic or in the ring, I think uh, it's a pretty uh, needed option uh, for AEW to, to kind of utilize and incorporate a little bit more because they their first issue was, hey, they don't have enough talent. Now they have the talent. Let's make the most of that time. And to me, the recipe there, and it's something we've talked about in the past, is I, I know that too many belts water down a promotion, but I would love to see a uh, uh, intergender tag team title where it's like cool. you have to have one man, one woman on the team, and let's let's see who the best combo is. Either I, I really a intergender. Well, they have that set up to your – it's a good point. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, it's fine. I was just saying I think it could be a lot of fun. It could be cool, and that, that or you like Marcus. I, you know, I've said this on on Twitter. Like we talk about it too. Okay, you don't need too many. You want to be selective with your titles, but what you could get away with here is maybe what you mentioned an intergender title or a women's tag title, one or the other of that. But then you have a cruiserweight title, one count cruiserweight title, and then you could do a trios title. Now maybe that could be intergender. Now that'd be kind of cool too. So yeah, uh, Nesh is saying six man tag. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'm crazy about that idea. I think uh, I'd rather have the intergender class championship wrestling thing that they did, and um, so there is some history to having of the six man tags. Uh, I'm not against it. There's a lot of factions, so uh, if you're going to have a lot of factions and you're going to have a lot of partnerships that add up more than two, then I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I think an intergender six man tag would be pretty darn cool. Uh, let's, let's hammer on though, Dominic. Yeah. Uh, and before we do though, Steven oh. Chambers says Deanna Perrazzo too, and she would be awesome now. So I, I agree with that too, Steven. Yeah, sure. Cool. So, um, uh, well actually Dom, this kind of ties into what, what we were just talking about. You had mentioned a, uh, the possibility of a cruiserweight title there and somebody who I think would be a good inaugural champion is Dante Martin. Uh, he, he squared off against powerhouse house Hobbs. Uh, awesome match. Love seeing, uh, I, I, Every time I see Powerhouse Hobbs, I'm like, this dude is money. Yes. Like, no yeah. question about it. Big dude. Uh, and he works like a big dude. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, he just flattened him throughout the match. Um, Dante Martin managed to do his, like, Rey Mysterio-esque comeback, which was cool. And, uh, I mean, it was just – it was a really entertaining match. And uh, Powerhouse Hobbs came out looking strong. And it's looking like he and CM Punk, who was in the segment before, are going to start a feud. And, man, like – 
what a perfect opponent, perfect opponent for CM Punk. Now, I think the powerhouse Hobbs, it, it's not going to hurt him to lose at yeah. this point, uh, especially because he's still so young. But it, it, it's almost like he's like this young Brock Lesnar, like this Brock Lesnar who's just not quite polished enough yet. You know what I mean? And uh, it's so he can he can lose to CM Punk, which clearly he will. Um, okay. Well, but he, he's so big, he could put Punk in peril. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, I'm with you. And, Marcus, that was, like, such a standout to me in that match was, like, just the little moment of, like, I don't know if you recognized it, but Hobbs was outside of the ring, and he, like, looks to, like, the crowd and he's like, CM Punk, huh? He's like, fuck that. (laughs) I thought that was such a great moment. And, like, um, hang on. One of the best spots of the match was the uh, the suicide dive that where he caught Dante Martin and then like slammed him against the posts. Yeah. Like this dude is a killer, and it's awesome. It's so fun to watch. And his look is so good. Like it's like his new outfit. It's like Bam Bam Bigelow mixed with Taz kind of thing. And like yes. just the look and him and Hook together, I think is a great one too. Like kind of like ne'er do well youngster punch punch uh, punch where they're just like <laughs> these guys. You, these motherfuckers right here, <laughs> like they're gonna get you. <laughs> like they're up to no good. That's what it feels like. And so um, I love, I love like the smug look on Hook's face too when and he he's got up on the gum. apron. <laughs> yeah, yes, I'd love, I think he's money. Yeah, um, uh-huh. Tony Khan has done a great job of procuring unknown to this point, unknown talent. And man, it's it's been fun to watch. But that was that was one of the matches of the night to me. Yeah, I agree with you. And um, well, let's talk about it then too. Is that Punk getting in the mix with Team Taz? Uh, that promo was great. Um, I liked, you know, how uh, matter of fact he was, but also like just the references he made to like uh, Brian Pillman Jr.'s family at ringside, putting them over. Who else he put over? He put over somebody like unexpected during that the opening part of that promo. Do you know who? It, I don't recall. You know what I'm talking about though, right? Maybe the mm. chat can help us out here. I may have missed it. There was somebody, uh, somebody else he put over that wasn't like necessarily connected to the segment itself, but it was pretty darn cool. Who remembers um, out there on the internet? Oh, he's put, he, he, oh, this is what he did. He put over Moxley and, uh, Min, uh, geez, Minero Suzuki later on. That's what he did. So that was pretty cool. And then, uh, then how about the like Taz like interrupting him? And he's like, sorry, sorry. And then Punk's like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I'll let you talk because I respect you, but never do that shit again. And then Taz gets pissed off at him for saying that. And then he's just like, I want you to keep my team Taz's names out of your mouth. And like, just them going back and forth, like not expecting. Okay, for all the promo interactions that we were anticipating, like Punk, MJF, Punking going against um uh like even Moxie or somebody like somebody that's great on the mic or the box or Kenny like we're talking about all these guys we I didn't even think about Taz and how great Taz would be with the dynamic and here we get it right off the bat like Punk's like freshest feud here and uh it's like money it's so money like you, you get the anticipation of Hobbs Starks and like where else is this gonna go exactly so uh yeah man it was great stuff and then the closing line Punk did like just turning Punk. Uh, Taz's infamous catchphrase on its head and like <laughs> like doing it that really really good shit man strong strong segments but back to back strong segments uh, and yeah it, I mean it's fun to watch and you know you you honestly I mean at least me I was like oh, okay he's gonna go after Kenny Omega or like he's gonna go after so uh, the Bucks or whoever um, and here now we're getting a complete curveball where it's like Team Taz and it's like man this is a welcome curveball though because like we all know that Punk is eventually going to be a champion he's too big of a star to not put that build on however 
uh, what, let's let's slowly build to it. Uh, like let, let's build the anticipation until finally we can't we can't stop it anymore. Kenny Omega has to climb in the ring with CM Punk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree with it. Like just build that build that up and build that up. Or you know, and I don't know if we can talk about this next. I guess uh, is uh, Brian Danielson immediately thrown in the title picture. Mm. You know, last time I checked, Dom, you weren't the host, but I guess we could probably. <laughs> I'm just. What I mean. <laughs> I'm just playing. No, that's fine. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Um, yeah, what's what's wrong with it? Um, I think it's perfectly fine. Who is he coming up against here soon? Oh, uh, uh, is it is it Kenny Omega? Yeah, I guess it is, isn't it? I'm that's sorry, I, I'm getting thrown that's so good. much content, so much content running through my head over the past couple of weeks. <laughs> um, but yes, so he is coming up against Kenny. Um, I, I mean, I guess he's got to win, right? That's what I would think, right? Here's the thing, and it's like I get it. It, I mean, we know that this is going to be a barn burner of a match. It's going to be crazy, crazy entertaining. However, um, I think it presents an issue in that, like on paper. Like if, if this whole thing's a shoot, some dude just coming in the door has not really earned a title shot yet. And now all of a sudden it's like, Hey, you get a title shot, but you don't like Kenny Omega. He doesn't like you title shot. Um, but I guess that's, that's wrestling. So uh, it, it makes sense in that, in that realm. And heck, um, Brian Danielson has the background that, okay, like this guy is worthy of a title shot. It'd be like, it'd be like, uh, let's see. I'm just, just throwing this out as like, okay, it'd be like Conor McGregor if he's in Bellator and then he goes for, for some reason he's a Bellator, he goes to Bellator and then he's like back in UFC and he's like, Hey, I want to fight, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I guess he would get the fight. Would he not? You know? Yeah. Somebody, you know, we're just like, okay, the fights, I want to fight like Nick Diaz or whoever, you know, and just be like, all right, well, it's yeah, there it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, he's not really vaulting ahead of anybody, but he's just there. Like he was already there basically. So uh, Jason Michael Campbell got heat with with Brian what? Danielson. Crying Danielson doesn't what? like him. Uh, I, I don't know what's not to like. He's kind of like the modern yeah. day Bret Hart. He's like a Bret Hart hybrid, where like he's got all the technical skills. What is he crying him. about, Jason? But then <laughs> it's. I mean, it just rhymes. Dom, let the guy have his, his day in the sun over there. Uh, but uh, I don't know what's not to like about Brian Danielson. Great technician, but he also, uh, you know, he's he's able to do some of the fun high flying stuff. So. I, I think he's he's a boatload of fun, but I don't know. I guess more than more than anything, Dominic, I think it's problematic to have him with Kenny Omega because it's kind of like shooting your whole wad right away, right? You just because like, no, Kenny's had the title forever, and you're you, why not like put him in a hot spot if he is a top star, which he is a top star. Like just put him there. I don't think I don't think that's an issue. I think uh, there's a little. I don't get why like Kenny holding on to the title is that much different, or like would like mean more for him to hold on to the title than just giving it to Danielson right off the bat. Like you don't want him to lose. So why, I don't know, Mark, it just, I would just see there's more. I, so here's the thing, Kenny's, Kenny's your quote unquote homegrown talent been there since the start of AEW. I want to see Kenny like continue to uh, like build himself at least for like another couple months. And then let's get into that feud. So I'm hoping that what's going to happen is a slow, a slow burn where Danielson, yes, he he's made it clear that he does not like Kenny Omega, but okay. If you want to get it Omega, you got to get through his squad first. So how about singles matches like with the bucks? How about singles matches with the good brothers? 
you know, uh, how about a singles match with Adam Cole, which could be fun. That would be um, fun. And then you get to come after Kenny Omega. So I'm hoping that they, they go that route. Uh, oh, man, low-key heat with Jason Michael Campbell right now. Yeah, Do not mention him in the same sentence. You're not even, the thing, Jason, you're not even giving reason. We need a reason. What's what's your issue with Brian Danielson? Like, uh, Dominic, Dominic has a point there. I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. You're, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I'm but saying you're wrong, Jason. So, oh, my God. You're wrong. Dominic, you know, everybody, everybody's supposed to have an opinion. Come on now. That's what makes the world go around, Dom. Opinion. I can say you're wrong. That's my opinion is that he's wrong, right? <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, but no, in any case, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that that's the route that they take. I just like, I don't know. As I want I want to eat I want to eat the candy, but uh, let's have a little build up to the candy. I can get behind that a little bit now. But like, uh, you know, um, yeah, maybe somehow he gets done dirty, and you know that's just like how it goes. Like Adam Cole fucks him over, and then you got Adam Cole and him, or like somebody in the group. Uh, you know, um, yeah, one of the Bucks, like Nick, because he really took it to Nick Jackson when uh, a when all out happened. He started kicking. Who he immediately kick was Nick Jackson. He was kicking the shit on Nick Jackson. So that how about Nick Jackson's nose ring to the ear? How about that? I love it. I love it. <laughs> Very. Very like crush nation of domination. <laughs> yes, I was like, where have I seen that before? You're right. Our fucking Jack's action figure had that. Yes. No, it's. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, and like his stupid like man onesie is. Uh, is it goes well with like his whole thing too. So, no, I'm I'm satisfied with the what the Bucks have been doing recently. Yeah, it's been pretty darn good. Um, um, uh, Nesha wants to see Kaz versus Kenny. Uh, so that's that's kind of like. I don't know. I'm sure we should get it because he's like the elite hunter. So yeah. maybe that could be the next pay-per-view. But well, sounds like it sounds like Kaz is going to do the job for uh, Adam for uh, Adam Cole here. Yeah. I, you know, I, I want to see Kaz keep his heat. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I don't want to see. I hope he doesn't lose clean. You know, I hope he loses by underhanded means. You know what I mean? Yes. So, um, I think that should be uh, that should be a big part because I really like Frank Kazarian and just the elite hunter gimmick. I think they can really just do more with it. I hope they kind of do where it's like maybe him and Danielson align and just take, take out the elite one by one and kind of vibes in tune with what you were saying, where like Daniel, Brian Danielson has to work his way through the elite to get to Kenny eventually. And like maybe Frank Kazarian can be one of his like strong allies going forward, you know? Uh, so Dom, let's move on. Do you want to talk about MJF uh, and uh, Brian Pillman Jr.? Or do you prefer to talk about, uh, the uh, the FTR and Sean Spears taking on the Dark Order. Let's start with the Dark Order being a little fractured still. How about Let that? Let it rip, Dom. Go ahead. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Dark Order? Looking like they're headed for a, a, a breakup, which honestly, it might be time. I don't think that's what's happening. I think there's just tension. And JR hinted at it, and so did Taz on commentary, was that they don't have a leader. So... What are they going to probably get as a leader? And I don't think this is going to be a heel turn. I think, you know, the fact that uh, Uno and Stu Grayson immediately, like, started attacking some of the members is an indication that that's not going to happen, that they're not going to break up. And I feel like, you know, um, I think the report was the speculation, I will say, the speculative report by Dave Meltzer in the latest Observer was that uh, there hasn't been really too much talks, I think, between – William Rotunda in AEW, or there hasn't been anything official, but the plan would be to bring him in. Um, oh gosh, what date is it? A certain date. It might be Arthur Ashe. 
Might be later on though. I can't remember. No, no, it's in Rochester where Brody Lee, you know, is from. So uh, there is that in the mix. I just think, honestly, like from a from an appropriate and like still paying honor to Brody Lee's legacy standpoint, uh, I think Bray is the perfect fit for the leader of the Dark Order. I really do. Uh, well, so, you know, as, as we were having this discussion, I'm seeing where, uh, Jason Michael Campbell said, I sure hope not. I want to see Bray Wyatt as the new leader of the dark order. So it, it sort of sunk in whenever I read Jason's uh, Jason, look at you, you hate Brian Danielson, but here you redeem yourself. Cause now <laughs> I'm starting, I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see what's going on here. Uh, I, I don't think it's, it's any irony that, uh, you know, we, the Bray Wyatt thing is, is looking like it's happening. And now the Dark Order is beginning to have issues because Dominic, now the Dark Order needs a leader. They need somebody to, to point them in the right direction. And who better than a great personal friend of of Mr. Brody Lee, rest in peace, than, uh, than uh, Mr. Rotunda? Yeah, I mean, I agree. And um, I do agree. I think, uh, and like I said, JR hinted at that on during the match and so did uh, Taz Taz followed up and agreed with him I think so um yeah I I just think it really makes sense and I don't think uh I don't think it's doing any injustice too you know what I mean I think it's furthering Brody's legacy and bringing somebody like that in who's not only a veteran like Bray Wyatt knows his shit you know and he's yes. wrestling he's wrestling uh legacy like his family is uh there lineage so uh, to have him kind of ca further carry the torch for Brody as well and bring uh, a new dynamic to the Dark Order, I think it's just it's perfect for, for what, you know, considering the circumstances. Uh, yeah, well, you know, it, I think that if, if uh, Bray Wyatt is going to come in and become the leader of the Dark Order, then they need a facelift. They can't be the same silly, goofy no, Dark Order. Yes, I agree. Yeah. So that's that's going to be the real crux more intense, of less goofy. There can be some humor, but like it's got to it's always got to the end game always has to be intensity. You know what I mean? It can't yeah. be, you know, you can you can add some person cuz Bray Wyatt can be funny like we've seen him as uh, you know, uh the Firefly Funhouse and adding humor. If you blend that into a certain regards where it's like, okay, that feels natural and that feels like organic between all these guys cuz they have chemistry and they're friends. But then when push comes to shove, when the fucking when it's not cutting time, they're kicking some ass. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And uh, Dominic, what about bringing in Bo? Bo Dallas is a member of the Dark Order. Who just said that? There it is. Uh, yeah, Nesha. Oh, Nesha did. Good idea, Nesha. I think it is a good idea, but down the road, because Marcus, again, it plays into the fact what we've been always talking about is so many people. Like, and you have already, you already have a lot of people you got to worry about in the dark order. So I think that's kind of an issue too. If you weren't bringing, if you weren't bringing Bray in as a lead, the leader of dark order, I would not necessarily be against him tagging with Bo starting off. But if he's, if he's the leader of the dark order, maybe wait on Bo. I, I would like to see Bo in the mix, but like, wait about it. Wait, you got time. You got time. So that's kind of how I feel about that. Uh, Marcus, what about Hangman saving the dark order? Cause that could be a possibility too, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the so look, Hangman and Bray Wyatt, I think would be a really fun feud. It would be a great first feud for Bray Wyatt. 
um, unbelievably entertaining. I think those two could really bring the best out of each other. So like maybe a little like like deception, smoke and mirrors, where it's like uh, uh, the hangman comes back, makes his makes his return, and kind of like pulls the dark order back together and says like, "No, guys, I'm with you. Like we need some structure. Let's let's get together. Let's make it happen." And then uh, then bam, they all turn on him. Join Bray. I kind of like that. Or there's like what we maybe they do. There is a fracture and like the lines are drawn and you almost have <laughs> NWO uh, Hollywood and NWO Wolfpack where it's like you have a more intense. Hate that. Uh, hate that idea. You hate it? Well, I mean, obviously, like NWO Wolfpack and Hollywood is not. A- we don't we don't need to see a, uh, a, a split on the dark order, dark but order, white, dark order, black to- or whatever. But just to, you have like Silver and and uh, Reynolds kind of align with ha- Hangman, and uh, then you have like you know Evil Uno, Stu Grayson pick a side with uh, you know uh, Bray Wyatt, and then you have the tension between Ten and Colt. They're kind of in the middle ground somewhere or something, and I think that you could really make a very good storyline off of that. More so, clever than you know, obviously where the Wolfpack in Hollywood went. So. so here's the deal is I think that maybe some of the guys would then leave the dark order because they don't agree with what's happening to Hangman Page. A guy like John Silver comes to mind for sure because I think that he, he's got a singles run in him coming up. Um, but I think that those who stay with Bray Wyatt, uh, they need uh, a change. Yeah. As, uh, and, and I'm not just talking like a change in personality. I'm talking like, let's, let's change up gimmicks. Like let's, let's make them different people essentially where Bray Wyatt has come in and like poisoned the well with these guys and made them like evil. I can, I, I can get behind that. I can get behind, you know, that. and like, yeah, you can have a really good feud with Hangman. Yeah. In that regard. Um, Muhammad here says, I don't think Bray would, will fit as dark order leader. Maybe Hangman returns and they ask him to be the leader. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm having a hard time thinking of who would fit better. Really, I, I honest, I mean, like from a, yeah, you could kind of do it. I would much rather see um, Bray do it. I think, just because it just really does make a lot of sense, and you can still have Hangman. I I, I kind of like the division thing. I'm kind of getting like I never really considered that till we just started talking about it, and now I'm kind of like more and more behind that. I think than anything else. Yeah. Hey, uh, it's, uh, I think, I think we're starting to see what's going on. Like, so some of the stuff that kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit, like why are they doing that? Andrade was our first example. It's like, why, why is he beating up Chavo? Chavo just came in and helped him. Uh, now it's, that's kind of starting to make sense. And certainly now this dark order thing is, is really sunk in for me during this conversation where it's like, it has to be, that has to be what's going on because of the timing and because of the uh, the Brody Lee connection. I mean, I'm sure you guys all remember when Brody Lee passed away. Rest in peace, by the way. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time. And it's a, yeah. a horrible shame. But I remember that uh, that Bray Wyatt commented. And he was, he was heartbroken, devastated. And I think that Bray Wyatt would probably love to have the opportunity to honor his memory by taking yeah. over the role that he had in AEW. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's not taking away from it. You know, he's adding to it. Absolutely, uh, making some and enhancing something that his his friend started. So yeah. I think it could be really cool. Hey, look, hate, hate to hit the bummer train here, but um, I didn't get to comment on this. Uh, really, yeah. really bummed out about uh, the passing of Daphne, um, an incredible performer. I was I was really really saddened to hear that. I've been a huge huge fan of hers for years. I thought she brought a lot to the table. So rest in peace. Gone way too soon. 
Mark, yeah, I didn't even, I haven't gotten to mention it either, or, you know, I didn't mention it on the past shows, but yeah, it's like such a, I remember like, you know, being in Chicago, you know, like when there's that news broke and just feeling there's just that, like that cloud of, of sadness kind of overhanging, you know, the wrestling world. And um, it just a tragic thing and um, such a like sweet soul that you could see that a lot of people loved what she you know who she was as a person and everything like that it's really really sad and such a like you look back at her too and before her time she was somebody before her time like like that you know today she would be such a star like oh no doubt about it you know no doubt about it um, she was she was awesome uh as you said ahead of her time for sure and she just like an incredible look um a really convincing performer and seems like just an unbelievably sweet kind person so i was really really sad to hear it i was actually getting ready to board the plane um when i i, I wasn't even aware of this i've kind of been uh, i haven't really been on my personal personal twitter been working a lot and so i was like getting ready to board the plane and i was messing around on twitter and i was like wait daphne what, what's going on with her you know i saw where people were trying to reach out to her and stuff and so like i it gave me anxiety you know because i'm like oh she's such a wonderful person i really hope that she's okay so rest in peace um you know really an awesome performer even better person by based on all the things i've heard I, but do you remember the like some people like kind of pan this angle but i really enjoyed uh in tna when there was it was Dr. Seavey and, and Nurse Daphne. I like that tandem a lot. Yeah, I thought they were great together, played off each other well. I've never seen Daphne do anything bad in wrestling. I don't remember any bad gimmicks that she was that she was in. Uh and every time she they gave her the ball, she ran with it, performed perfectly. So a uh, huge loss to the wrestling world. Huge loss, huge loss. Yeah. Very yeah. She she reminds you of like Harley Quinn, you know? That's what that was great about her too, you know? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Rest in peace. Rest, rest in peace. Uh, so Dominic, uh, what else do you? You wanted to jump into MJF and uh, Pillman? Yeah. Yeah, we can talk about that. Um, well, no, so... let's do this. Let's do this first, Mark, because uh, it was mentioned here in the chat. Steven says, "Do you guys really see Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn in AEW? Money's going to run out eventually." Marcus, you did you hear about all this news with uh, Kevin Owens and uh, the potential of Sami Zayn too as well? I've heard about Kevin Owens. I haven't heard any buzz surrounding Sami Zayn. So um, the problem with Zayn is that his contract may be up this fall with WWE. Then I've heard some conflicting things that maybe that's not necessarily true. Uh, now, as far as Kevin Owens is concerned, it very much appears, according to Fightful, that his uh, contract is up in January. And Kevin Owens on Twitter posted the coordinates of Mount Rushmore, which is the faction he was a part of with PWG being with the young bucks. And, Oh my gosh, who was the, who was the fourth one? Help, help me out here. Chat. There was one. Who was the fourth member? Somebody in the elite was there. Was it Kenny? I think it was Kenny. Nah, maybe it wasn't Kenny. I can't remember who, who was the fourth person of, of Mount Rushmore in there. You had Cole? The yes. Yes. Cole. Thank you. It was Adam Cole. I, I got it from uh, Nesha. Okay. So, uh, so that like, then he deleted that tweet. And then he, I think his location was like almost there. So Kevin Owens is, I think, AEW bound. And that's another name that you cannot pass up on. Plus, he's got a great relationship with Chris Jericho. 
Um, so it's, yeah, I, I think strong probability that we'll see Kevin Owens on AEW. Um, it, it's exciting, man. I'm not, uh, you know, it, as much as you and I say the roster's too big, it's creating a problem. It's still really exciting. Um, it? Right. It's a really fun time to be a wrestling fan. It does feel like old school WCW where Ted Turner was just like, get him, bring him in. You know what? Scoop him on in. Scoop him yep. on in. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so it's starting to feel like that, which is a lot of fun. Um, I think it creates logistic nightmares, but I, I think that you can work around it. You can. So I think it's like I say, go by the volleyball philosophy where you keep your core player. Obviously, it's not like perfect to a T, but like you keep your star players, but then you rotate the rest of them through. Like, and here you go, you know, that person's quote unquote leaving the territory, and then you he can come back, he or she can come back around again. Right. Uh, Nesha says, but what happened with WCW? Uh, the uh, AOL Time Warner merger happened. I really think that that's actually the crux of, of it. I mean, not going to lie, the product was starting to become a bummer. But, uh, but yeah, it was really the AOL Time Warner merger. And you didn't have wrestling minds that were, like, up in Turner, basically, at that point either. And, like, it was – they were fighting an uphill battle. So – and just a lot of fractured stuff. A lot of different issues with WCW that – AEW does not have so um dom uh jason brings up a point here and uh i think we should touch on it uh ted turner brought in more star-studded people from wwe i don't consider these guys to be star-studded so i think it brings up a point of uh i mean do you think that kids today look at a uh, wwe stars or aw stars for that matter as being like the way that you and i looked at like the the ultimate warrior or hulk hogan or uh the big boss man back in the day do you think the kids see them in that same light i think kids do but i also don't think it's the audience isn't as big it's just that's the fact that's the nature of it and like the popularity isn't as strong now it's like we're seeing it on an upward trend and there's like some uh, actual real good buzz going on with pro wrestling. And so it's a very uh, in a positive direction, but obviously you don't have like a Hulk Hogan. You don't have, um, you don't have uh, like a rock or, or, or an Austin to that level. And that's hard to get to. So, but you have these big names, big, big names that are like the ones Marcus, you and I liked like a hall of Nash where you have like names that are intriguing, like, you know, Brian Danielson and CM Punk and, you know, um, you know, you're working on getting Kenny Omega to that level uh, from the stand from a WDE perspective. You have Roman Reigns, obviously not to a level of an Austin or a Rock or even a Cena. But like, I really think you can put Cena and CM Punk or Brian Danielson on the same level as one another. And, but, you know, like, as you and I have discussed, even early on in this podcast, like, the way for AEW to compete and win, ultimately, against WWE is what they're doing, and it's working, which is, like, the, the Hall and Nash formula. You bring in stars that people care about and that, that have a bunch of name and brand equity, and then all of a sudden, it's like, wait a minute, that guy that I loved, uh, you know, when, it, like, let's say that you were a fan uh, back when it was uh, Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho in WrestleMania, where you're just like, oh, that was such a fun time in wrestling. They should have been the you know semi-main event. Like, what what happened to Kevin Owens? I never see him anymore. Where's Chris Jericho? Then all of a sudden you hear like, oh wait, uh, Kevin Owens went over to the uh, to the competition. Yeah, I wonder what's going on over there. What's Brian Danielson doing over at that new promotion? Like, right? Like, oh, wow. like, oh man, CM Punk. I haven't seen him since 2014. I wonder what this new promotion is. So, like, all of a sudden, you just create all this buzz, and people are like, "All right, I just want to see what this this program's about." 
and then next thing you know you've hooked a new a new audience member so and, really it's it's smart it's the only it's kind of the only way to go about it i think that you have to figure out the logistics of it um as far as like when you're booking people um and honestly it should be one week on one week off uh for some of the talent you know where it's like we'll see cody rhodes on uh an a week and then we'll see kenny omega on a b week you know what i mean so like i, I think that people yeah, great it's it's you don't gotta have to have on every week no yeah. don't have to and it builds anticipation yes and so Booker T made a, a really good point, too, on his podcast, the, the Hall of Fame I was transcribing. And uh, he was like, for, and like, oh, we didn't even talk about this, Marcus, and we kind of tie this all in together. But let me start with this first, the, what I was getting at. Booker T said that a lot of these fans today, like new fans, they're going to get connected to wrestling be, just by first watching AEW, not WWE anymore. Like, you're going to get a new fan base that's going to get started off uh, being introduced to wrestling by like a Darby Allen and Sting together, or like you're going to get introduced to you know by with Jungle Boy and uh, and uh, oh, Luchasaurus and then Jurassic Express. You, like it's a whole new audience and a new product that don't, don't have those ties. Because I mentioned this on the Wednesday episode, Marcus was like, twenty years over twenty years WCW has been gone, but uh, so. A lot of these new WWE fans, you see a lot of these WWE stands on, online that are just like they'll defend uh, WWE through thick and thin, like and everything like that. But that's literally like basically the only wrestling product they've known, like is what WWE has presented to them. So there's nothing for them to kind of be like, okay, well, this is how wrestling was when I just like me and you watched wrestling because we liked who we liked and we liked what was good. Now, like, there's like a weird sense of brand loyalty that you can't, that you might not necessarily like fault those fans for thinking, but it's still a weird dynamic that like, heck, WWE's created this identity, this weird Orwellian identity that's like, oh, let's get tied into that. And that's how, that's how sports entertainment is done. <laughs> so, um, it's, well, I, re I remember around like 99, 2000, uh, you know, you and I were huge WCW fans, but the product wasn't good. Um, and we like, switched over to WWE quite a bit. So, so we were watching more and more WWE, and now, like, so it's it's really I just like good wrestling, and I'm still that way. Uh -huh. So, so like, if WWE all of a sudden starts to take like an upturn and like they become entertaining and take the necessary steps to to get back to where they were, I'll watch it. Yeah, I I'm, I, I, I want it to be good. Yeah, you know, it's just not right now. You know, now <laughs> SmackDown was pretty good. I will say that, but. That's so maybe they're one. maybe they're bouncing back. That's one shot. That's it. So and Mick Foley. So Marcus, did you see this? The Mick Foley stuff. I've heard about it. So he's he did a video. Uh, WWE, we have a problem, and basically says WWE is no longer the company that uh, wrestlers aspire to go to anymore. And saying like AEW has done all this stuff, and like this was after All Out. He made this kind of these comments on Facebook and stuff like that. And um, you know, Mick Foley is the type of guy, obviously a legend obviously knows the business in and out so damn smart so Mick, damn like uh, let me let me say this mick foley more than the rock more than stone cold in that era 99 to 2000 when you and i started switching the channel to wwf that's why for me i wanted to see what mick foley was doing i thought he was great i thought he was super entertaining he was my favorite guy yeah 
And yeah. Marcus, it was like for me too. I I grew to like Stone Cold as I grew older, like and appreciate what he did as I grew older. But our two guys was like for WWE, and like you can even throw Ken Shamrock in there for me. It was like The Rock, Ken Shamrock, and Mick Foley basically. Like those were the those were the guys that were like, hey, uh, that's why I, I can switch over from Nitro to WWE because of those three for me at least. Right. Oh man, Mick Mick was incredibly entertaining. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah. But- him, him we going, digress. yeah, him going and saying that stuff. That's important information for WWE. Like, if Mick Foley's saying that stuff, where he's been like pretty darn loyal to your company and like has said, you know, done the right things and played ball basically, but still kept true to himself at the same time. I mean, you better be raising your eyebrows and and taking note if Mick Foley's saying that stuff. And like, maybe SmackDown might be an indication of that. But heck, that could just be a big one-off too. Who knows? And Booker T was like, I, it was with Mick 100%. But these guys have a cachet where they should be allowed to say this kind of stuff because they've earned it. You know what I mean? So what do you think more on that? Do you want to elaborate a little bit more? Yeah, well, it, he's he hit the nail on the head. And I don't think WWE wants to hear it, um, you know, because I think that they still view themselves in that untouchable light. But it's true. Uh, they're they're not what they used to be. Not nearly as entertaining. They're way too structured. Um, they're more focused on being a television program than they are on being a wrestling program, and uh, it's it's it shows. And so like then you've got it's it's w or AEW. It reminds me of, like that that meme of like Squidward looking out the window and like seeing everybody yeah. having fun, and he's not like that's kind of how it's got to feel to be in WWE right now, where it's like these guys are getting good money. Um, they're probably working less days it appears um they it seems like an easier travel schedule and also they get a little bit more creative freedom so like so like these guys it's it's like a wrestling utopia Not a little over bit there. more a lot more <laughs> yeah way more way more creative freedom so yeah. like it's it's like a wrestling utopia over there and like yeah like people fumble the ball here and there like there's there's promos where like it seems like somebody kind of gets lost in what they're saying and and the promo doesn't turn out great but guess what that shit was happening all the time back in like the 90s in WWE WCW and it, it's kind of fun because it's live TV there sh- it shouldn't know. be perfect you shouldn't yeah. nail it every single time you know, I don't I don't want to see it perfect. I want to see the seams. You know, I want to see what's going on back there. I want to see somebody try to recover if they're having a bad promo. I want to see somebody say something hilarious off the cuff, you know, that just comes to them like the rock. And, and, well, and that's how you got Austin 316. Yep. And so so the formula that created all the success that WWE had in the first place, the rock, just like talking about what the rock is cooking and stuff like that. And Stone Cold, all this off the cuff stuff that these guys are saying, it's not a thing anymore. It's all manufactured. You won't get a rock in WWE. You won't get it. You won't get it. So it's all the stuff that made them successful. They did away with. And now there's AEW and, and they're like they're 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 encouraging people to do that stuff so yeah it's i i think i think wwe needs a little wake-up call um and i hope they get it because you know you, you certainly see potential in some of the talent that they've got over there yeah and the reports are like WWE's not very happy with the saying that i don't imagine but yeah. if you're not happy with it do something about it sometimes the truth hurts truth hurts buddy tough love tough love mick is giving to you dom let's let's uh wrap up the program it's been an hour um Let's so, see. Okay, well, let's try to touch upon some uh, important aspects that we did miss. Let's see. Yeah, talk about that. Um, overall, Mark, let's just get your take on this. Um, Ruby Soho as a presentation. We saw her debut her match on Dynamite, and then we saw her on Rampage in the Triple Threat match. How do you feel about her so far? 
think she's great. Fits like a glove. Um, she's got a different look than, a, than anybody. She appears to have a different wrestling style than anybody that's on the roster right now. Um, she's She looks like she's on the, on the verge of like stiff, very realistic looking, and I like it. I think that she's, she looks like a million bucks. Um, so yeah, a, a great, a great get for that women's division, uh, uh, already the strongest women's division in wrestling. And, uh, they just got, got even stronger. So it's, it's fun, fun to watch. I agree with you. And I love her finisher. It's simple. It's just a Pele kick, but it, it's impactful. You know, um, uh, I'll tell you what, Muhammad, uh, with a, with a wild idea over there, he's, he's like channeling some, uh, Da Vinci code shit. He's saying Miro drops, drops the belt to, uh, Eddie and then he starts like doing, giving himself the lashings. Oh my gosh! Wow, yeah. that's kind of wild. Going straight up Da Vinci. I don't code. know. You're kind of flying a little cl- too close to the sun with that one. You <laughs> yeah, know, what I don't. I don't know. If that's. A I don't think that would really. Like I, I understand where where you're going at, and um, but I know Marcus and I with the Catholic guilt. Well, uh, there's a little bit of like, okay, that's probably not going to be uh, attainable for an audience, a mass audience that you want to, I, I, I think, you know, I think it's a, it's a wild idea and it, it could be entertaining. However, I, w- I would say what I've been saying, which is like, rather than looking at Eddie Kingston in that light, I think that everybody needs to start viewing him as a modern day Goldberg, who is a better worker and is a better talker. Um, that's, that's really what he is. Um, and, and it's how he should be booked. Really. This just, absolutely unstoppable heel force um where it's like who is finally oh you mean miro you mean miro yeah yeah i'm sorry miro who did i say you said eddie okay no that's 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 how miro needs to be booked um friend of the show eddie kingston but no (laughs) that's how miro needs to be booked as this unstoppable force where it's like i want him to be a champion for so long that everybody's like when is somebody gonna take the fucking belt off this guy uh so that's sort of vibe that you need with him Marcus, I think that was a great follow-up too from after the pay-per-view. Like, I love the match that they did at All Out. Um, that was the only match, to be honest, that I've su- seen via television. Like, I went back and watched. I was going to watch all of All Out, so I haven't seen the Punk match how it was portrayed on TV. I haven't seen anything but the Eddie Kingston and Mirror match via via television on All Out. And I thought it was such a good match, such a great story told. Eddie fighting through uh, the um, what does he call his? is game over is that what he calls the i believe so yes so eddie gets out of that and then just a good story told and then the follow-up promos that was the next uh night on on uh dynamite or on wednesday on dynamite was were really well done i love i love Miro saying your nuts have been redeemed yeah um which was just and then he's like i'm gonna feed i'm gonna present your bones to to my bride and my your soul to my god like oh, <laughs> he's he's awesome dude so it's like I'm, I'm telling you he's a heel goldberg with like a completely different flavor better on the mic better worker and like unbelievably and we're goldberg guys we're huge yes goldberg I, lo- I love goldberg uh-huh. uh but like it's i mean he could really take this thing to the next level i see i see serious box office in him and somebody's saying up here who was it uh steven chambers is saying i want to i want to see mox versus miro me yeah. too but i want to see Mark- miro beat him yeah, yeah. Uh, you know i want to see 
I want to see see CM Punk versus Miro, and I want to see Miro beat him. No, I want to see on, wait wait a minute. After Punk has got to lose eventually. Well, yeah. and I and and he should lose to somebody like Miro. I want to see Miro just going over against everybody who he shouldn't be going over against until again we get to that point where we're like, who in the fuck is gonna beat this guy? And then when somebody does, I mean, fireworks, confetti. It's like the the it's huge news when somebody finally beats him. Jungle Boy. That sure. It, um, if you want to build Jungle Boy, absolutely. It, you'll whoever you do it with, you'll get him over huge. I'm kind of with Nesha though, and that's uh, let Eddie beat Miro. Completely, like strongly disagree. I love, I love Eddie. He was, Imagine that pop you get in New York City. Well, they're not going to do it now because Marcus, I, you didn't hear this too on the tapings. Eddie challenged Minero Suzuki and Lance Archer to a tag match at uh, Arthur Ashe Stadium. So that's where that's going to be headed. So. Who is? Uh, so it looks like it's going to be Eddie Kingston in front of the show and John Moxley versus uh, Lance Archer and Nero Suzuki. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about that that main event, by the way, and then we got to wrap this thing up, Tom. Okay, um, I did, we got a couple more shots, but we'll hammer through them. But go ahead. All right, uh, Mox and uh, who was who was the gentleman he was against? Minero Suzuki. Minero Suzuki, of course. Sorry, you just said his name. Um, but a very stiff match. Uh, they they were working strong style. Oh, really? sure. <laughs> yes, uh, they, it started to, it started to get like Fit Finley versus like with Steven Regal vibes, where they were just like, all right, let's just fucking fight, and they did. Yeah. Um, and it was it was entertaining. Like it was a, it was a cool main event. But holy smokes, Miro's Miro's eye, man. Whoa, dang. Yeah, uh, yeah. He, he caught one pretty good there. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it was it was it was a good main event. Um, I I think that it, it like is more of a brawl. It's certainly not like the style that we're used to seeing on AEW. But there's value in it. Uh, Nesha doesn't want us to end the show, by the way. I uh, apologies, Nesha, but uh, come on now. An hour, we're gonna get that other girl on here at some point. She's gonna be like, When the fuck is this going to happen? One of my favorite moments in show history is Tammy. Like, are you guys gonna wrap this? Fuck, <laughs> are, are you done yet? <laughs> Where do you gotta be, Tammy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought it was good too. Uh, Mox, hometown pop. Uh, Monero, they've had a legacy or a history together in, in New Japan. So really uh, good way to cap off uh, the Cincinnati show. Um, yeah, I liked it. And it, I think uh, and I, anytime you're going to get Lance Archer in the mix, I'm all for. So having them in a tag match at Arthur Ashe Stadium on a big stage like that, I think it's going to be very cool. And uh, so, yeah. Um, yeah. A so, couple things. What I just wanted to cover. Marcus, we didn't talk about this, and this was one of my favorite moments of the whole fucking show on dynamite was adam cole talking to tony shivani yes we need to talk about adam cole real quick the dirtbag boyfriend of like hey yeah people love me adam cole baby hey listen up tony don't you fucking talk to my girlfriend ever like that again i don't want you even looking at her do you understand like (laughs) yes good good shit like immediately he'll heat like ah man so great i'm pumped for adam cole (laughs) It's it's funny because we've all met people who are like that too. Yeah. Where they're just like, hey, I've, I, I keep seeing you look at my girlfriend. If and I remember I correctly, I think high school douchebag Marcus was kind of like that. Was he that's, not? That's that's an absurd allegation. Was though. he not like that, Marcus? I was not. That's a ridiculous ah. allegation. 
No, please. You're, you're thinking of you're thinking of our other brother Luke. <laughs> I don't one, think so. one of the things. I don't think so. One of the things though that I, I did want to talk about when it comes to Adam Cole is I can see why Shawn Michaels liked him so much and wanted him to stay in NXT because like it kind of if you if you take a hard look at it he he is very much Shawn Michaels. He's like this good looking dude. He's like smaller frame, uh, super super good worker, very good talker. And it's like he he checks every single box, and I'm like, it's no wonder Shawn Michaels love this guy. He's perfect. Like he's, I said before when when it sounded like he was going to be coming up, um, uh, if, like when his contract was coming up, I was like, they need to just give this guy all the money, bring him in, and I'm glad that they did. I see a ton of value in Adam Cole, and I think he's going to be a big star in AEW. Heck yeah, Marcus, did you see the report too of what the, the plans were for him in WWE? Uh, no. What were they? You didn't hear this. So obviously Vince was trying, had that big meeting with him, blah, 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 and all that stuff. And then, uh, so the, the report is by Dave Meltzer is that the plans for Adam Cole was Keith Lee would turn heel and Adam Cole would be his manager and not a wrestler on the main roster. What, in the, how he saw what in the world? Yes. So, um, like Roddy Piper, was almost put in the same position, like to be a manager, right? Um, there was somebody else that they were going to do that with too. But listen, that's just bad. <laughs> and like, it just doesn't point. like him because of his size. It's out because of his size, but it speaks to your point too, how Shawn Michaels sees a lot in himself. But Vincent Mann didn't see a lot like that in Adam Cole. It just shows you how uh, disjointed or connected Vince is to what wrestling is right now. And how it should be presented because he's got his own way. He did not create a, Adam Cole created Adam Cole first and foremost, but probably in Vince's mind, maybe. And this is just speculative, obviously, but maybe he envisions, hey, this is a Triple H and Shawn Michaels guy. This is not a Vincent Mann guy, so I'm not going to push him. Or like he he refuses to see any value in him, where there's like immense value in Adam Cole. And this is an aside, but today I wrote about Adam Cole and his, what he said on his Twitch channel today. And he did, and obviously he's a heel right now and everything like that, but he genuinely loves his fans. Like his Twitch channel, he gets so much uh, happiness out of that Twitch channel. And he's so grateful to those fans. It was really, really neat to see and so damn fucking heartwarming to see how he handled his fans on Twitch. Like it was a really cool experience to check out. And so um, like, to not want to put your chips behind somebody like Adam Cole is just ignorant and naive, basically. Yes, it is. Um, because it took me like I've I've seen his work before. I haven't really seen much of him on the mic, to be honest, uh, up to this point. But now that I have, it's like it took me about the length of his promo to make my assessment where I'm just like, this dude is it. Like he's I see why the fans love him so much. I see why Shawn Michaels loves him so much. Why Triple H was a huge fan. Like he there is a ton of value in Adam Cole. And it's just a matter of somebody bringing it out of him. It sounds like AEW is the place to do it. As that, what's just Brian said, Brian Madlinger says, Brian, AEW is the place to be. He really just wrote that. Um, our best to Triple H, too. Did you hear about him, Marcus? What's the yeah? I heard he had a cardiac issue, had to go to Yale and, and have a, a some kind of a procedure done. So, uh, yeah, glad that he's uh, he's in recovery and doing well. Absolutely. Uh, okay, this is how we'll close it out, Marcus. Is uh, I gave my MVP because I had an earlier show on Wednesday night. If you guys want to check that out and just give, I gave my overall assessment of Dynamite, kind of a little bit in the experience of uh, 
uh, Chicago weekend in Chicago, live weekend in Chicago. But my MVP, Marcus, hands down, Brian Pillman Jr. He took takes the cake this week for me. Wow. All right. Um, yeah, I've got to go with Powerhouse Hops, man. <laughs> he was just he was a lot of fun. Um, very fun, very entertaining. Uh, uh, much like Adam Cole, see huge potential in, in him. Uh, so yeah, it's, I mean, what a cool, fun time to be a, uh, a wrestling fan and particularly an AW fan. Absolutely. I, I can't wait till they release that Brian Pillman figure in the Cincinnati Bengals like attire. I think that was badass. I thought he did such a great job on the mic, like baby face, hometown hero promo kind of thing. And then, um, just even his body language when he came out for the match against um, Max Caster, your boy Max Caster, um, I thought was really, really cool to see. Like he was, and just if you watch Dark Side of the Ring and seeing how the the tragedy that his family went through and all that stuff, and how his aunt brought everybody together, seeing all of them together at ringside and, and Pillman being able to embrace them all. And, uh, Dominic Bryan again on the same page with us. He said Dark Side of the Ring is awesome too. Yeah. Uh, so, so Brian's with some ESP over there. Right. Uh, but just a, such a great, great moment that like really was was wonderful to see and a happy belated birthday to Brian Pillman Jr. As well. Yeah, absolutely. And he just welcomed a, uh, a nephew yeah. into the world, I believe, on his birthday. If I if I'm it was, I think it was a day after. I know it might have been the day after the day of. Um, but in, in any case, big, big weekend, uh, big week for him. So uh, couldn't be happier for him. And yeah, I, we've been saying from the start, I, I think he's great. I see I see a ton of value in him. Great worker, great look, great on the mic. So uh, man, what a what a fun time to be an AEW fan. Very fun time. MJF really brought the heat in his comments too. Holy smokes. Jesus. Yes, he did. Uh, he's tremendous. Uh, he he knows his role. He knows what, who he's playing to or playing against, and he leverages it. Very well. asks, real quick, Marcus, how can we rebuild Brian Cage? I have my idea, but go ahead with yours. Uh, my idea is, is one that I mentioned on here before. Uh, he was trained by Chris Canyon, and uh, for a while in the Indies, he took up Canyon's Mortis gimmick. Um, so he was the new Mortis, like this this tall, like this shorter, jacked up, super ripped uh, Mortis under the hood. And so I think that the way to rebuild him is you bring him out on dynamite sometime in the near future and have him take another loss and, uh, and, and kind of have him snap a little bit and maybe, uh, bring him in occasionally as Mortis. So like Finn Balor demon ask what we kind of talk in much, in much the same realm. Yes. I think, uh, you can, uh, tag team him with a monster tag team. Uh, with Lance Archer and really get the wheels turning there too. And you can even incorporate the Mortis gimmick with that too, if you'd like. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that would be the, a good way to handle it. Uh, yeah. I'm, and a cool way to honor, honor the, the memory of Chris Canyon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. My battery here is dying. So I guess that's a pretty good. Indicator. Oh boy. That's, that's our cue to, up. that's our cue to wrap this thing. Um, uh, did you want to talk anything about top guy weekend at all? Plug anything that what happened. Uh, no, I don't. I don't really know that that's necessary. I think that uh, the the idea time, is it was a fun time. I think that you know the way to find out is uh, get over to adfreeshows.com and and you know become a member there because I mean if if you're not if you're not experiencing some of this exclusive content and exclusive uh, live oh. uh, live experiences, you're really missing out. Um, but yeah, it was a great time. Uh, it looks like we may have lost Dominic, so uh, I will wrap up the show. 
Um, I'm not I'm sure if I'm Mark. even. Can you see me? Hey, uh, I cannot see. Oh, there you are. Okay. Um, in any case, uh, you can follow me at Marcus P. D'Angelo on Twitter. You can follow this podcast at two, the number two dynamite dudes on Twitter. Dominic, how do they follow you? How do they follow WrestleZone? Yeah. If you can see me and hear me, you can follow me on Twitter at Dominic D'Angelo. You can follow WrestleZone on Twitter at WrestleZone.com. Go to WrestleZone.com for all your WrestleZone needs. Uh, check out uh, some of the stuff that I got to write uh, this week. Uh, I was in the scrums live at all out got to ask cm punk a question about terry funk my boy terry funk and his boy terry funk and cm punk gave a great response uh i asked adam cole a great question too uh everybody i asked everybody great questions lucha brothers brian danielson uh he had a really guy talked about his love for books and stuff like that and so he kind of elaborated how AEW gives you more uh authenticity can give you more authenticity allows for more of that uh so check that out uh those are all up on youtube uh, there's transcriptions of it on WrestleZone.com right now at, at pretty much on the main areas of the page. So take a look at all of those. And uh, we have an interview coming up to who was it with uh, somebody from ROH. So check that out. Um, but otherwise, yes, what a fun week in wrestling. What a fun time to be a part of wrestling. Uh, I'm super duper blessed to be able to do this with you guys and interact with you guys. And I really appreciate everybody chiming in and giving their opinions and stuff like that. And all the regulars and new people showing up. Honestly, it's been so fun. Steven, thank you for the great show and everybody. And Nesha, as always, uh, Muhammad, thanks for chiming in for the first time too. Uh, Nesha gives Ruby an MVP. That's a good one too. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Marcus, anything else you want to say before we close this puppy out? Yeah, I'm, I'm giving the program an 8.6, Dominic, yeah. a really high score for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's a great program. I, I want to see them continue the momentum. As Eric Bischoff says, uh, some somewhat it's, it's, it's difficult to get momentum, even more difficult to maintain momentum. Um, so they, they've just got to keep firing away, keep on giving good, good content. I don't know that they necessarily need to be bringing out new talent, you know, once a month in order to, to, to give us good content. It doesn't hurt. But they don't need it. They just need good, solid stories, so, stories that make sense, clear-cut bad guys and good guys, and they're going to be fine. And there's some good scenes showing where it's like, hey, we're going to get a little bit of different products on every episode because not only do you have Rampage, that's its own unique, quick, fast-paced kind of show, but then you have these studio shows that a different look for AEW Dark, a different look for AEW Dark Elevation and stuff like that. So there's opportunities to make the most of those. So, No like question. That. So, guys, uh, enjoy it. Enjoy wrestling. It's a really fun time. And uh, thanks for enjoying the show with us. We'll catch you guys next week right here on Two Dynamite Dudes on a Rampage. See you, guys. Thanks.